What's good everyone? Welcome to the Send Dudes podcast. Today we are joined by Tanay Mandovra, the founder of Curvet. This was the most fun and informative episode to record so far. There is a lot to take away from this conversation. We talked about health, fitness, spirituality, the Holy Gita, and of course wrapped up with the Twitter questions. Links to Tanay's profile and YouTube channel will be in the show notes. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Let's jump right into it. Welcome to the show Tane. Thanks for coming here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much Nashmeet. It's great having you here. It's such an honor man. Okay Tane, my very first question to you is uh, you are a co-founder of Curvet, a fitness and wellness brand. So I want to know the reason behind naming it Curvet. So what's the reason? Okay, so um the story dates back to 2017 when I actually decided to like uh, you know uh, start a company of my own. um and then i was just looking at you know different names and everything and um we we kind of thought about a lot of uh, you know ending names but then we just kind of so actually the first product that we wanted to launch was basically a yoga mat right and uh, then you know we were just like looking trying different names and we were not really getting anything concrete and then um you know my sister just suggested me like you know what about covid and i was like you know it doesn't have any meaning i mean it's not going to be related to anything that the company will do or anything you know it's it's basically like like a meaningless name you know so then she was like so what i mean a lot of companies have the you know those kind of names yeah. i mean apple for example has nothing to do with apple yeah. you know it's it's like it sells computers and iphones and all of that but it has nothing to do with the fruit right i was like yeah that makes sense plus you know it's it's a little catchy we found it a little catchy and you know like a little quirky also so we just decided to go forward with this name but frankly there is absolutely no logic to you know why we have kept the name as curved it's just that you know it it just stands a little different it sounds a little different and uh, you know it's just a little catchy that's the only thing yeah thank you thank you thank you for telling us so uh, your primary platform twitter and youtube i guess so but why twitter because you can get a reach higher reach on youtube if you are consistent so why you are choosing the twitter as your primary platform okay so there are there are couple of things here to understand um covid is basically uh, you know it's a fitness and a wellness product brand right so we have been dealing in products like yoga mats uh, you know skipping ropes shaker bottles copper bottles yeah. um and you know so basically we are in the product business for the last 4 years and for that we have already been present on instagram on facebook on pinterest also um but you know that's only for the product business but then now slowly and gradually we want to get into services as well right so for services i just thought that you know it won't be a very good idea to just directly jump onto um uh, you know instagram and i thought that you know the better audience audience that i will find for my services will be um will be uh, on twitter right so and and also you know to personally connect with uh, you know people directly and to to create content continuously i chose twitter because to create content on other platforms it's not so easy on twitter it is relatively easy because you know it's just text and uh, so basically curvet has no meaning covid has no meaning man <laughs> yeah it reminds me of our podcast's name <laughs> so where do you see your brand going what is the future plan so the future plan uh, you know as i said that there are two segments to it now um the the one is the product line and the second one is going to be the services so with the product line what we want to keep doing is we want to basically just uh, you know keep increasing the number of products um and you know the services part we want to like have a couple of consulting services like when it comes to nutrition you know consulting if somebody wants to like gain weight reduce weight and all of that that's like on the more basic level but uh, on the more advanced level i would say that uh, we want to get into like managing chronic diseases like diabetes or you know having like um like having like patients you know who have cancer so you know um using the lifestyle medicine to basically you know cure uh, diabetes and to you know cure cancer so i'm not saying that you know um, i will put them off the medicines you know from the allopathy part of it 
but it's just that you know allopathy does its own part but at the same time you also need to realize that a disease has happened for a reason and that reason is directly related to you know the person's lifestyle so we want mm -hmm. to fix the lifestyle we want to use lifestyle as the medicine for curing all these kind of diseases so you know that's the services part of it that we want to get into also that's a beautiful thought so you have referred karvet as we we are working to this yes can you tell us who all are involved in this project um so it's me uh, my co-founder uh, my sister uh, my wife is there and we have a social media team so we are almost about um, you know 5 to 7 people working on this together that's a great scale yeah man <laughs> thank you yeah tanay you mentioned a word lifestyle just now yes uh, and you have a pain to it for fasting yes 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 yeah so uh, i have heard that in government days we were uh, we were fasting for a whole day as people were hunting and gathering yes and they used to eat at one time only yes so compared to government days what are the things which are changed in our lifestyle right now um brother you know comparing caveman days and uh, you know the modern man of 21st century i think mm -hmm. i i genuinely feel that you know it does not make sense to me um i'll tell i'll give you i'll give you the reasons for it um because i mean comparing the modern man of 21st century and you know somebody who lived 100 years ago let's say in 1920s you know comparing these two people will also be you know um very difficult because people had a very different lifestyle plus in the last 100 years we have seen a lot of change you know in terms of our uh, in terms of our uh, lifestyle in terms of you know the way families work in terms of the way we eat in terms of uh, you know the kind of foods that are available to us so then and and so then you know what is so how can you compare like somebody who was living 10000 years ago and you know to the to, to somebody who's living in 21st century like they basically had food for survival we like they ate to live we eat to live that's the main difference that's the biggest difference because we have a lot of choices and a lot of choices sometimes you know isn't good right that's true what are the benefits of the modern day lifestyle or there are no benefits at all and all there is drawbacks no man i mean i would say that you know there are benefits and uh, you know there are drawbacks to it um the benefit is that you know everything is very convenient and uh, you know you can just you don't have to go hunting for food you can literally just um, uh, you can literally just like you know open the zomato app or swiggy app or you know you can just call for food yeah. and it will be there at your doorstep like within 40 minutes right and yeah. but at the same time because convenience is the benefit of you know the modern life it is also a drawback because when you have too much convenience you also end up leading a sedentary lifestyle which is also called the new smoking you know yeah. a sedentary lifestyle will eventually lead to a lot of health issues in the next um, say 10 to 15 to 20 years i mean we've already started seeing that you know like diabetes um obesity yeah. a lot of other i mean you name and then you know sedentary lifestyle is somehow or the other related to it yeah so yeah well you mentioned that we have changed our lifestyles drastically from caveman days to the modern day i think that uh, the ch yeah. basic change has happened between the ratio of physical and mental strain so previously in the caveman days there was more physical strain and less of mental strain and in the modern times there is more mental strain and right little to none physical strain what do you think is the human body more optimized for um i think the human body is optimized for a balanced um for a for a balance you know between physical and mental the thing is that you know if you do too much mental uh, work and you know you end up doing nothing when it comes to physical work then you will then you will suffer from like i don't know depression anxiety um, you know just yeah. like hopelessness and if you just end up doing a lot of physical work and not enough of mental work then you will just end up losing you know your sharpness of your mind so it is important to balance out when it comes to you know putting physical and mental efforts mm -hmm. to work 
so it is it, so a balance is what is necessary you know because life is all about balance so you you got to strike a balance between the physical and the mental spheres in the modern world as there is a lot of mental strain and little to no physical strain how would you suggest a common man to yeah. inculcate a little bit or in a good proportion physical strain in his life is it by gymming is it by doing something else what are your suggestions it's a very interesting question actually and uh, it has a very simple answer i would say um see simplicity is the essence of life you know according to me and uh, if you complicate life too much then you will just end up you know just crashing basically so if you want to um if you want to balance out the mental and the physical work it's very easy for example if somebody uh, you know goes to office um and then you know works there for like 8 hours but has like lunch time or you know has to go to the has to go to some other department for example to get some work done he can always take some you know he can always take these stairs right or you know instead of um, you know just sitting while making the call he can always you know take a walk and um, you know then basically continue with his call so these are just small hacks you know that you can really just imbibe in your lifestyle and you won't even have to make much of a change really so you can you you will end up doing so much without really doing anything you know in your lifestyle I mean, these are these micro changes which you have to make in lifestyle which will compound absolutely absolutely they will compound i mean if you if you let's say i'm sure we are all on calls for a for like an hour at least you know every day when it comes yeah. to like work related so imagine if you just walk for an hour that's a lot of time you know just walking around you will end up covering like i think a couple of thousand steps which is also recommended you know by all these health yeah, experts okay then i uh, what would you suggest uh, is it better to run or to sprint or just walk um depending on what your goals are um i mean it really depends what your goals are and your age um i mean if you are young if you are a young chap then you know you must run long distances you must sprint you must walk every you must do everything i mean whatever suits you really um but you know um sprinting is something which is um, also been accused of uh, you know damaging your joints sometimes in in some cases right uh, but you know in those cases it's mostly you know with such cases uh, with like extra weight you know if somebody has an extra, has like extra weight on their body and yeah. if they go for like sprints or something then you know there are chances that you know they will sprain their ankle or they will damage their knee or something like that right so for them like you know initially walking is uh, recommended then you know they can go forward with uh, long distance run running and then you know if they yeah. want to like you know once they have uh, fixed their weight uh, they can also go for sprints there is absolutely no like restriction on that so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's i mean it it really depends on you know what the person wants to do uh, so and and you also must look at like you know individuals because there is no like one thing that fits all you have to look at individual situations to um, you know to do it to to do things yeah basically try out everything yeah yeah you just mentioned young chap yeah. uh, if there is a un- unhealthy young chap yeah. and he wants to get fit yeah so what will you suggest because his lifestyle basically is sitting in a room for entire day there is no sunlight there is no air yeah. touching his skin literally and uh, his diet is basically very uh, unhealthy right so how will you suggest what will be the starting steps for this guy so the first start, starting step for a guy you know who's a young chap and um, wants to get healthy is you know something that we all keep talking about a lot on twitter is to change the mindset <laughs> yeah okay. right so you have to first visualize what you really want to achieve with your health is it like a six pack that you want to achieve is it like a consistent goal that you want to hit every day for example running a kilometer every day for the next 6 months uh because that's also a very uh, difficult goal to achieve you know because consistency is not something that you get um you know easily so first thing is basically yeah. to prepare a, you know a mindset as to what you want to achieve okay uh and then the second is you know if you want to have like a rough plan i would say that you know sleeping for 6 to 8 hours um but sleeping and that that sleep should be on time you know did you know that you know if you the the best quality of sleep that you get is from 9 to 12 in the night right so if you if you are able to yeah. if you are able to get these 3 hours of sleep you will have the most 
you will have the best sleep quality but yeah. if you have the same uh, sleep from let's say 12 to 3 in the morning then it's going to be a pretty bad quality of sleep so you know the timing also makes a lot of difference as much as the number of hours right mm-hmm. so you know talking you com- yeah. coming back to the rough plan um sleeping for 6 to 8 hours on time then eating piping hot home cooked food right and the third one is uh drinking enough water and the fourth one is exercise every day and people say you know i've i've seen a lot of people say that you know you if you just work out for like i mean if you just like do exercises for say 3 days or 4 days in a week uh you know that's fine i would say you should move at least every every day you know all the 7 days of the week you should you should make some movement i'm not asking you to hit the gym 7 days a week but i'm saying that just yeah. move a little you know just go for a walk maybe if you're taking a break from your workouts and the fifth one and the most important which has come into the scene in the last 20 years is manage your stress because that's very important in fact in fact i wouldn't even call you healthy if you are mentally sick but physically healthy because being healthy is something which is wholesome right and you yeah, can yeah. you can only get it you know if you if you have achieved the mental and physical health at the same time yeah right so that's something which is very important then coming back to you know coming to the next point which is sticking to a plan that is sustainable uh, that is very important yeah that's very important and and you know what i mean by that is you shouldn't get after you know these fad diets uh you know for example like keto okay i'm not saying keto is bad i'm just saying like you know maybe keto has worked for somebody but it it doesn't have to work for everyone so you know there are people like who have literally started identifying themselves on the basis of you know these diet uh you know these fat diets like you know i'm a keto person yeah. or i'm this person or i'm that person no like you have yeah. to lit- you you have to really understand that you know everyone has like individual basically everyone is an individual right and they have different needs everybody's body is different so you yeah. you must go for a plan that is um you know sustainable something that you can carry carry out for you know for the long term something that you know you can also uh, execute even if you're traveling right and it's very important to yeah. include the five food groups in your diet um and those five food groups are uh, you need to have some carbohydrates for energy you need to have proteins for your uh, you know muscles you need to have fats yeah. you need to uh, consume vegetables and fruits and the fifth one is you need to consume some dairy every day so these yeah. are the five food groups that you must have right and obviously yeah. and obviously you know like avoid processed food because you know processed foods have like preservatives and uh, they basically are like empty calories you know you're not getting any nutrients out of that you're just consuming calories so just avoid that kind of food and fried food and all of that so it's it's pretty easy that way so this is what one should do you know if they want to go from being unhealthy to healthy well tane you just mentioned that everyone should consume some sort of dairy item every day well there's this trend there is this thing that uh, people have start have stopped consuming milk because of this ideology uh, i'll i'll tell you the analogy that they believe that no other animal drinks milk of any other animal so why should human consume milk of cows this is the concept would you like to debunk this um see the thing is i believe in consuming dairy um i i mean this is something which has come from the western countries um you know this whole veganism thing it was never a part of uh, the it was never a part of the indian diet um Ayur, ayurveda recommends consuming milk ayurveda recommends consuming dairy and and yeah. you know it's it's something that you must have but the main problem which has happened in the last say about 30 to 40 years is that after the green revolution you know all these uh, jersey cows you know from the west they started coming in and you know you know the you know how our country works right anything that is imported is considered good here right and that's yeah. and that is exactly something which was done um, you know with these cows also but let yeah. me tell you something the the uh, milk that comes out of these jersey or, or any of these western cows it is not less than poison trust me it will screw up with your hormones and uh, you know it's just it's just too bad for you i mean uh, you know you can read about all the 
all the wisdom which is there on the internet you know when it comes to like what happens when you consume dairy but what i am talking about is you can consume dairy if the dairy products are made of uh, the you know the indian cows the indigenous cows and we have a variety of them i think every state has one you know <clears throat> one one breed of you know cow so if you're consuming that i'm i'm telling you it's 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 amrit it's nectar for you so you know you can consume their milk you can consume the ghee you can consume the you know the buttermilk anything and it's amazing it it also helps you um you know um, develop spiritually so that is also mentioned in the ayurveda so yeah that's that's my take on dairy yeah glad you mentioned the word grain revolution because whenever i was in school my all the teachers and the system glorifies the grain revolution like it's the best thing happened to humanity uh but actually to be honest it is not good for indians right. because we started eating wheat and we started drinking a2 milk yes yes so do you think that how much to how much extent media plays a part uh to make people unhealthy um see i think the you know the question related to the media propaganda i mean what i have understood is that um you know that media propagates a lot of consumerism and a lot of like materialistic desires that you know you must have materialistic desires right because that's that's what the current economic model thrives on right yeah so you yeah. you see ads everywhere on your mobile phone on your smart tv on your smart computer you know they are basically trying to sell you stuff that you don't even need and people have come to yeah. believe that you know owning things will make them happy right but that's not the reality mm-hmm. but that's yeah. not the reality so um i'm sorry i'm sorry pot uh, could you please repeat the question i kind of missed that <laughs> uh yeah so to what extent media plays the part to make you unhealthy right. to make general people common people unhealthy right 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 so you know yeah so coming back to the media um you know we see a lot of people idolizing these film stars right um in fact personally i would say i have been inspired by akshay kumar right but i've been inspired yeah. by you know akshay kumar for the right things like you know his discipline his um, you know mm-hmm. um, like the way he is man he's so like based um he wakes up at yeah, like 4am yeah. in the morning sleeps at like 9:30 in the evening and uh, mm-hmm. you know doesn't go to the parties doesn't like drink alcohol um and you know so that's something that i picked up but at the same time you know yeah. because this idolizing is just like sometimes it just goes like beyond the roof um people mm-hmm. also end up picking the bad habits of these film stars like smoking and drinking which they do on the screen right mm-hmm. and not just yeah. on the screen because now everything is so transparent that you know they are on social media and they are sharing each and every part of their lives so you know mm-hmm. like everything is so like exposed to the masses to the general public yeah right and i i genuinely feel that you know people do not like people do not really judge situations or judge people you know too much they just kind of you know adapt uh, you know whatever they idolize or whoever they uh, you know idolize so it it actually comes down to the individual choice like you know what are they really picking up what do they really want to make themselves of so that's very very important yeah. so media does its own part but at the same time the choice always remains with the individual mm-hmm. definitely right and you mentioned the sleeping time of the actor akshay kumar yes. he sleeps at 9:30 and wakes up at 4 right i guess it is related to circadian rhythms the biological clock you have inside your uh, body yes literally. yes 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 yeah so can you tell us a little bit about it how we have messed up our circadian rhythms yes so the circadian rhythm is basically you know our um, body clock you know in the layman's language we always uh, you know use this word body clock it's nothing but just that so what happens is that you know um when we wake up in the morning um yeah we are basically in tune with nature and we are supposed to be like that right mm-hmm. um it's only because of these modern technological devices and uh, you know a lot of whims and fancies of our lifestyles we have screwed up um and you know we've stopped yeah. living in term in, in tune with nature right but yeah. Yeah. but biologically we are designed to wake up early in the morning and we are uh, designed to sleep after the sun sets it is because you know when we wake up in the morning and we are exposed to like good amount of sun uh, 
you know this hormone called uh, melatonin re- releases in our brain which basically is called the sleep hormone right sorry it it releases itself after the darkness right yeah after yeah, the yeah. sunsets after, after the sunsets yeah so but you know because um, you know we keep looking at our phones because we have a lot of lights in our home uh, you know this hormone doesn't get released and we don't get sleep properly so that's how we have messed up the circadian uh, you know rhythm right mm-hmm. so this is something yeah. you know this is what exactly it is and to to basically fix this thing you know we can we should wake up in the morning and uh, we should like tire ourselves so much you know with our activity with, with our work that you know we should fall asleep by max 10 pm in the night and if you are doing if you're doing that if you're waking up at like 5 or 6 in the morning and if you're sleeping at 10 in the uh, 10 in the night then your circadian rhythm your body clock is absolutely perfectly fine what is the rule for uh, you know screen time before sleeping um for screen time i think you know uh, i mean it's very difficult for me personally to practice but uh since you asked um i would say you know if you can just keep it like half an hour half an hour before if you can just keep your phones or your laptops away that's also fine uh i mean that personally yeah. kind of works for me because i fall asleep pretty fast but you know to each their own if somebody doesn't feel you know um, sleep uh, like if does if somebody doesn't get sleep easily then they must like keep keep all their phones and laptops like one hour before you know their bedtime at least yeah well speaking of sun yeah i think the modern life has blocked out sun from their lives completely people are staying indoors people yes. are working indoors and i think they have they're spending their entire life indoors plus the chinese virus has forced us to stay indoors so yes what are we missing on what is the importance of sun i mean of course it is very obvious but would you like yes. to list it out yes i mean um, see sun gives us vitamin d and uh, the best time to get sun is is in the first two hours after the sunrise right so and you know there is a way to get the sun also people say that you know like you know just go stand in the sun no there is a way to get it there are a couple of conditions the sunlight must fall directly on your skin of your face of your hands or of your legs okay and there should be no sunscreen on your screen uh, on on your on your skin sorry so these are the uh, these are the two conditions it should fall on your face your hands or your leg skin and then you should not also have any uh, sunscreen because the sunscreen will just block away all the sun right yeah so 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 it is very important and sun you know helps your body um, you know with uh, with vitamin d and vitamin d is very important for uh, you know generating calcium in your body and calcium as we know is very important for our for our teeth for our bones uh you know for all these things so it's it's one of the macro minerals that we have mm-hmm. uh if we do not have it then you know we will just like uh fall weak and you know we'll have like brittle uh, bones which is one of the worst things to i'm sure deal with man so it's it's just by getting the sun if you are uh, able to save yourself from all these conditions mm-hmm. why not do that well in art with a space there is this current trend yeah. where people are suggesting others to sun their balls <laughs> so what is the concept behind it right. is it and does it good does it do any good man i f- <laughs> i frankly i frankly nishmeet i frankly haven't uh, you know read up on this but i think the only logic that i can um, the only logic that i can apply to this is that you know your balls need to be um, you know getting some air and getting some sunlight i don't know about sunlight man but it needs to definitely like get some air otherwise you know there'll be infection around your uh, you know your testes mm-hmm. which is not going to be good it's going to cause cause a lot of um, um you know it's going to cause a lot of itching and it can cause a lot of other mm-hmm. infections you know because it it's also one of the most sweatiest parts right i mean we wear like underwear and then it's covered by like both the legs then we put on an underwear then we put on a denim or 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 a trouser or whatever so it's not like one of the most exposed parts so i think the whole idea behind you know um you know giving sun to your balls is that you know they should get some air <laughs> and light and i think that's the only thing i don't see i don't think there is any more logic to it true that may be the case yeah another another pro science is going on that uh, Uh, underwear is a psyop you should not wear underwear as a guy especially yeah so is there any is there any logic behind this uh, people are preferring to go commando nowadays in our tutor space um 
I think I think you should wear underwear, man. It it kind of helps you maintain hygiene. I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, you know, when you wear underwear, it basically like absorbs all the sweat which is around, you know, that area, uh, which basically prevents, you know, all the infection. Um, yeah. And and it also gives support to your testes, which is very very important. Otherwise, uh, you know, with okay. time and with age, your testes will like start hanging, and that's not going to be nice. that will eventually uh, that will eventually hamper your uh, you know semen production so i think i think you should wear underwears although you know this is again something which i have not really um, you know looked up very very interestingly on so but i will definitely look it up for sure yeah the thing they say the, they say that uh, there is a too much heat produced at that area yeah. because you wear underwear right. so that's why you shouldn't wear underwear that's their logic as far as i can see okay okay maybe man i mean maybe i'm sure there is some science behind it if if twitter is talking about it i'm sure there is some logic behind it but unfortunately i i do not have much idea in fact you know if i tell you about this uh, i mean they could be right uh, because um i don't know i don't know about like your place but then my grandfather never wore the kind of underwear that i wear that we you know that our generation wears they always wore those boxers kind of underwears and you know they never like wore the kind of underwears which are being sold in the market mm-hmm. today and they turned out yeah, yeah. they turned out very fine man <laughs> so <laughs> so so i think that's i mean there is some there is some deal to it for sure yeah our grandpas are uh, walking even if they are 80 yeah. or 85 absolutely my yeah. my grandfather right now he is 87 or 88 and he's absolutely fine man yeah well coming back on track <laughs> speaking of sun do yes. you think there's a relation between the timings of your food when you eat and sun because i practiced this uh, thing that i was eating only when the sun is out so i eat only after sunrise and only right. before sunset and this gave this reduced right. my sleep quota significantly and this gave me energy throughout the day i wasn't fatigued right. for even an hour Do you think there's some relation? Right, right. There is surely a relation, man. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, if you look at all the religions mm-hmm. of the world, um, you know, if you look at Jainism, if you look at Hinduism, they all talk about eating food, you know, by sunset. Right. I mean, Jains like people who are like practicing Jainism hardcore in a hardcore way, um, yeah. very, very religiously. They will not touch the food. Um, you know after the sunset in fact i personally know a lady here in my town udaipur udaipur is like full of jains okay there's lot of jain community here and there are like really serious people here who practice jainism so i know this particular lady she eats her dinner by 4 pm she doesn't touch anything after 4 pm man till the next day oh yeah so like the the logic is the logic is that you know when the sun is up um, you know your the digestive fire it's mm-hmm. on right because we are all in tune with nature this i think comes back to the circadian uh, rhythm that we just spoke about right so um when the sun is up our digestive fire is on and you know if our digestive fire is on and we eat our food that time then it's easy to digest and absorb the nutrients in the body which is the best you know and and uh, when it comes to like eating and when is this digestive yeah. fire at its yeah. peak um so this is at peak you know during the lunch time which is around uh, 1 2 1 2 sorry not 1 2 actually before that before uh, around 12 to 1 around 12 to 1 so it's it's at peak during that time which means digesting food is easy, easiest at this time it's easiest at this time and it's you know because if you digest the food really mm-hmm. well then it will be absorbed you know as easily also into your body right so you don't have you basically not giving your body a tough time you know to do its work so if you have to eat junk food one day so the best time to eat is yeah uh, when your digestive fire is at peak the best time to eat is your lunch yeah yeah the best time to eat your um, your junk food is your uh, during Although your not lunch. recommended but if you have to then it should be lunch <laughs> yes it should be lunch okay then i uh, i'd like to change the discourse of this podcast yes. a little bit yes we have seen you post many times about bhagavad gita right. and you worship lord krishna a lot yes so what is the connection uh all right so um the thing is that you know i 
have i mean i am um, associated with uh, lord krishna for the last um for the last uh, say about 3 years now i mean not associated like as in like that but then i've been associated with the, the international society for krishna consciousness for the last uh, you know 3 years which is also known as escon i'm sure you guys have heard about yeah. it right yeah yeah definitely right so um it just so happened that you know i joined the uh, i mean i was walking down um you know um i was walking around in, in the evening you know uh, and and uh, a person i saw you know he was preaching the bhagavad gita and he was distributing prasad um so you know he just started talking to me and he was like you know why don't you come and join and you know he was like in his dhoti and kurta and everything okay and i was like yeah who wears this kind of stuff man today and you know that time i was like in a very different mindset and i was like you know who why is he wearing this guy and he's talking so fluently in english and you know this guy's worked like in malaysia sri lanka he's worked in like hindustan unilever and all of that and i was like why is this guy dressed up like this and then he was like you know i'm going to add you up in a whatsapp group and why don't you come and join the bhagavad gita classes you know that we have on the weekends so i was like fine you know i'll join and the first class that i went for you know turned out to be of karma yoga and then and then when i when i attended this that class and i was like man this knowledge is something this is like true wisdom i need to like uh, you know not let go of this and the person who gave the lecture was uh, the same person you know who uh, who was distributing bhagavad gita so he is now my shiksha guru and uh, he is the one who basically takes my bhagavad gita classes so yeah man that's the connection i've been attending the bhagavad gita classes for the last 3 years and i've been practicing my sadhana also every day for the last 3 years and slowly and gradually you know progressing spiritually so you still still take the bhagavad gita yeah. classes till date yes 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 every weekend we have our uh, you know bhagavad gita classes on saturdays in fact um, you know just before uh, this podcast i had my class oh. and um, yeah and 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 besides that every afternoon also you know we read like spiritual books for half an hour mm-hmm. from 1:30 to 2 so in that you know we basically discuss about uh, you know different uh, scriptures uh, like you know shrimad bhagavatam like you know there there is some content uh, if, if let's say you know there are so many books okay and those books are based on like different conversations that uh, shrila prabhupad who is the founder of iskon had you know with somebody uh, you know back like 50 years ago so that conversation is there and you know in that conversation he is trying to convince you know a westerner like you know why should he adopt you know god consciousness or krishna consciousness and you know why should he become a devotee of god so that's what you know yeah. these books are about the other books are also about like you know different concepts from the bhagavad gita so we all discuss all these things for like half an hour every day we get together on a zoom call and you know that's how we that's how we do it basically to stay connected with each other in these times man yeah so how do you think bhagavad gita can help a modern man All right okay that's a very very good question <laughs> So um so let me tell you what Bhagavad Gita is not okay first mm-hmm. of all uh Bhagavad Gita will not help you become a better businessman or a better leader or a better politician you know it's a yogic text okay which mm-hmm. takes you closer to god okay and you know when you get closer to god all your questions start getting answered slowly and bhagavad gita is something which is uh, you know based on timeless principles like gravity like you know if you are if you are sitting in the us and if i am sitting here in udaipur india then you know gravity will work in the same way you know on on me and you both right so yeah, similarly yeah. bhagavad gita is based on timeless principles right so yeah. in fact you know if i if i give you like you know how perfect bhagavad gita is um i'll compare it with indian constitution which is being talked about a lot you know these days in the political scenarios indian constitution has 104 amendments till date you know from the time it was yeah. uh, from the time it was created right 104 yeah. amendments but bhagavad yeah. gita has not had even a single amendment in the last 5000 years and it still is yeah. as yeah. relevant as it was back in the day it is as relevant as it was back in the day wow because you know till the time there will be human suffering it will always remain uh, you know relevant okay this is yeah. this is one way of looking at bhagavad gita and the second way of looking at bhagavad gita is that you know it has 18 chapters okay so the first six chapters basically talk about karma yoga 
the last six chapters talk about uh, Jnana Yoga and the six chapters which are in the middle, they basically talk about Bhakti Yoga, which is basically called the devotional service, right? The devotion to God, right? So when you look at a burger, you see at the top yeah. and the bottom, you have breads. But those are not the important parts. The important part, the core thing is in the middle. Right? So if you look at Bhagavad Gita, the core thing, if there is something that you want to take away from Bhagavad Gita, it is devotion. Alright? Which is in the yeah. middle. Right? And, right? Yeah. So now, let me tell you like, you know, there are four levels of motivation and this is something that I, this is something that I actually, um, you know, um, watched, in fact, this morning from one of the videos of Gorang Das. He's a monk with uh, with Iskon, And he's a very, very famous monk. Like he's an IIT graduate and everything. So he said that, you know, there are four levels of motivation, right? Motivation that is derived out of fear. Motivation that is derived out of desire. That's the second kind of motivation, okay? Then the third one is the motivation that comes out of the sense of duty, Okay. And the fourth motivation is the motivation that comes out of the sense of love. Okay. So we have at the base fear. The second one is desire. The third one is the sense of duty and the topmost is the sense of love. Okay. Now let me break this down for you. So the first two, you know, the motivations which come out of fear and desire, they are basically, you know, transactional. If there is fear, you will have motivation. If you have desire, you will have motivation, right? Yeah. The moment fear is gone, your motivation will go. The moment your desire is fulfilled, your motivation will go, right? You will not be left with any motivation to, you know, pursue your work. All right. Yeah. The sense of duty is a little higher kind of motivation, but the topmost, which yeah. is the sense of love, that will never that will never, never fizzle out because love is something which is very, very strong. And I'm not talking about the love between a girlfriend and a boyfriend. I'm talking about the love for God. All right. So basically, again, you know, I will connect it to devotion, you know, which is the main yeah. crux of Bhagavad Gita. Devotion gives you the love for God. And the topmost motivation that you can derive out of is from the sense of love. All right. So, so people who are motivated due to the sense of love are the ones who do not care about the circumstances and they go on achieving the best of the things in life and they become the biggest contributors in humanity. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. me give you an example for this. Um, have you guys heard about Maharana Pratap, right? Maharana Pratap is, um, Maharana Pratap is one of the, one of the greatest, greatest warriors in the history of humankind. Right. Yeah, he, yeah. he fought Akbar. I mean, let me tell you this thing that, you know, uh, when Akbar was ruling the country, he basically had the entire country under him, but there was this small yeah. part, which was, which is called Mewar. Right. Yeah. That small part was not surrendering to Akbar. Okay. Because Marana Pratap was ruling that part. Right. Marana Pratap fought Akbar so many times and he you know, and the battle of Haldigadi, which is like one of the most, one of the most glorious battles, you know, that Maharana Pratap, that the world ever saw, was also fought between Maharana Pratap and Akbar, you know, and in fact, Maharana Pratap was like, he was so devoted to, um, uh, you know, to his motherland, he had so much of, you know, he, he had like so much sense of love towards his motherland to serve his motherland, that, you know, he would do anything but to surrender, right? Yeah, and yeah. he even went to the jungles and ate, um, you know, chapatis made of grass. I mean, imagine, a, imagine a king who has his own empire has to go in exile in the jungles and eat, yeah. you know, chapatis made of grass. That's impossible to think of. But he did that out of devotion for his motherland. That is something. Right. That is something that Bhagavad Gita teaches you. It teaches you devotion. And if I tell you in like, you know, more basic language, you take determination, multiply it hundred times. That becomes devotion. Yeah. That is what yeah. Bhagavad Gita yeah. teaches you. That is what spirituality teaches you. That's why spirituality is so important for today's youth. This was very deep. Beautiful.
I'd love to hear this all this stuff. So, just one question. You said that there are four stages of motivation. Right. Can you relate? Can you equate uh, the motivation out of love is equal to the love for life? I mean, uh, I have seen people who are energetic and who are just wholesome. Whenever I go around those people, uh, it is a very very wholesome experience. Right. So I've I've found out that these people have love for life. Yeah. So can you can you relate that the motivation out of love is comes out of uh, love loving the life and loving the life is loving the God. Can we equate this? Um. I um actually, you know, the love for God is something you know which is completely different. I actually, a very few people are able to achieve that. Very, very few people, like a handful of people, probably, you know. Uh, so, you know, yeah. probably the people that we see in everyday life. Um, I mean, can you mm. can you give me an example, Nishmeet? You know, sorry, was it P.O.T.? It was P.O.T., right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, P.O.T., could you please give me an example? Like, you know, can you explain this question to me a little bit more so that, you know, I can, um, I can relate to it, you know, in a better way? Yeah, because uh, I have heard many times that there is a little bit of little essence of God in every human being or every living a living thing on the planet. Right. So loving all those things around us, trees and animals and humans, love for all these things is combined into the love of love for God. So I was trying to relate these things. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why you know you see a lot of people who are selfless. You know, they will do everything. Mm. Basically, I mean, their life is basically a personification of, you know, service. Mm. Right? You see like these uh, monks. I'm not talking about the Dhongi monks. I'm talking about like the true monks, you know, who have lived in India. And, you know, who have served the humanity. So, their life is basically love for God. Because they see God in everything. Whether it's living or dead, they see everything as energy uh, energy of God. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can give you examples of, you know, previous generation, like I'm not talking about the generation of our parents, I'm talking about the generation of our grandparents, you know, who were like mm-hmm. much more spiritual, they had more knowledge of, you know, about spirituality and about religion. Um, yeah. They will not waste anything, they did not waste anything. And they did not waste anything because, you know, because everything wasn't like uh, short supply. No. That is not the reason. They did not waste anything because they all knew that, you know, everything just comes out of God. And yeah. they love God. So, you know, they do not want... So, you know, wasting food is like waste, like insulting God. That's what they all, mm. you know, made it like that. That's how they thought. And yeah. that's how everyone should actually think, you know. Because unless until yeah. you do not see every, you know, God in everything, you will not be able to like, um, you know, like go forward in your spiritual journey, I would say. Yeah, previously we we had a mindset of abundance and slowly as the time progressed, we yes. went into real abundance. But a mindset has started to come towards scarcity. That is why everyone wants to accumulate as much as resource, as much resources as they can. Well, yes, man. And uh, yeah, for sure. We just mentioned, uh, I think POT just mentioned about loving everything. I'll, I'll tell you one analogy that I heard in Inner Engineering at Isha Yoga Center. So the concept sure. is... If you if you feel you are inclusive, you are responsible only for yourself. That is when you will blame. Yeah. We will blame everyone for everything that is not under your control, right? Because if you are not in right. control of some circumstances, you will definitely blame someone. Rather than that, as POT mentioned, love everything. Think that you are responsible right. for everything happening in this world. What will this do? This will. Say your mind that you are responsible for everything. There is no one to blame. This is when you start to liberate. Right. Right. Okay. This is again a deeper concept. I think, you know, something uh, I have, I have never really uh, been talked, you know, I've never really talked about this concept before. So I think this will just make you like more sensitive, you know, towards your surroundings. And, you know, because if you are holding yourself, right, I think, you know, because like people who are spiritual, they are really like very sensitive towards the world, towards other people, towards other beings. In fact, they are very sensitive right? towards nature. So towards nature. Absolutely, man. I mean, I have seen like the most spiritual people are very, very sensitive. So I think, you know, when you are, when you're holding yourself responsible for everything that is going on in your life or around you, then I think you will only act with a lot more responsibility. And I think that is very much needed. Very true. 
very true right so tanay do you believe in the concept of enlightenment yes i mean enlightenment enlightenment is um, definitely i mean it's there um but actually you know there are like enlightenment enlightenment basically for me is like you know realizing god realizing krishna that's enlightenment for me mm-hmm. and uh, you know you only end up achieving that you know when you are extremely dedicated in your uh, you know spiritual practice it will not come you know to a person like um, you know like people like me you know who is like um, who is like so in um, what do you say um involved in like uh, the the worldly you know worldly things but at the same time i would say that you know if i uh, if i do everything worldly but you know um uh, uh offer it to offer it to god then you know at some point i might actually uh, you know at- uh, attain enlightenment so there is a little bit of shift in consciousness that that needs to come in you know if you want to like achieve that enlightenment but i think it's just something which which takes a lot of time which takes like a lot of consistency man and you need a guru for that for sure without a guru it's definitely, it's, it's almost definitely. impossible you know in today's world to achieve enlightenment because you have like thousand distractions and unless you have like a guru running after your life you know to practice your sadhana you will not be able to do it you will just fall like left right or center you know somewhere with with one distraction or the other so yes i mean it is it is there for sure so every like today everyone thinks that you can learn everything from youtube that oh. is very wrong <laughs> there are some things there are some things beyond comprehension beyond our rational mind can reach there absolutely. are some teachings that cannot be learned they can only be received absolutely and to receive you have to go to a guru absolutely absolutely in fact um, i will tell you something very personal um, you know i do my guru vandana in the morning at around 7:30 every day so guru vandana is basically like you know guru puja right so okay. i pray to my guru every day and in that aarti there is this uh, there are these lines which basically translate to that you know uh, oh guru please shower your mercy upon me and uh, you know uh, publish the publish the um, you know the transcendental knowledge in my heart so that's basically receiving i'm talking about receiving so you know a lot of people a lot of monks that i know you know they may be illiterate but just by being in the association of other devotees and uh, you know just by hearing you know about the god you know they receive that knowledge they receive that wisdom and you know you ask them to deliver a lecture on god they will be able to do that in a second they will be ready for that in a second and how did you how did they like get to know about that you know because they received that knowledge you know through with with the help of the grace of the guru so that's i think that's what you're talking about if i'm if i'm not wrong yeah yeah definitely there are so many things where where reason is yet to reach i think it will never right. reach man you know unless there it is some it will never reach i think that it will never true. reach man you know because spirituality is something which is just way beyond uh, i mean i'm sorry if it pisses a lot of listeners but then i think it's way beyond science <laughs> yeah that is definitely true and this uh, everyone needs to understand this that this is not something we do usually spirituality is another dimension exactly. of consciousness and exactly. awareness exactly and you know and it's not a spirituality versus science you know competition that's no, going on that was yeah you know that the, should have never been the case that should have never been the case but then people have made it like that you know oh you're spiritual oh you're religious oh man you can't be scientific no it's not like that you know you know the the thread my pinned thread on my twitter account it talks about ekadashi about fasting right about fasting yeah. you know we have yeah. been doing this for like thousands and thousands of years without a scientific logic but then recently yeah. scientists have just found out the exact scientific logic like why people do it yeah. and and there you go like men uh, whenever western western doctors suggest that this is the good stuff only then we are going to accept it like recently i have seen many people many indian people starting ashwagandha and chilajit yeah <laughs> when when western when western doctors suggested that this is good for your body this will give you stamina this will give you energy boost which we can use for body building and your daily work and then and only then they started to uh, consume this stuff this is i'm getting like, of this yeah irritating like it's irritating to you have ancient knowledge in immense amount of knowledge given by your ancestors and you are uh you are taking a western man as an authority 
what is this this is this is really sad and you know uh, i genuinely feel that you know this is because we still have that colonial you know mindset that you know everything that comes from outside i mean comes from the whatever comes it from the superior. west is superior and is better same thing happened with yoga and i'm telling you same thing is going to happen with gomutra you know the cow's urine you know gomutra mm-hmm. has already been patented in the us as medicine can you believe that now us i didn't know that yeah and usa is going to now patent ashwagandha also where does it grow in the himalayas who is going to patent patent it the west like i mean it's it's pretty sad same thing happened with the yoga also you know i mean ramdev baba has been talking about yoga for the last 25 years and people yeah. have like caught up with yoga in the last 7 8 years only when you know it it got really trendy on instagram so it's it's really sad you know like how if you look at the biggest brands of yoga you know where does yoga come from india which are the biggest brands of yoga they the lululemon and manduka where are they from one is from canada one is from the united states why yeah. why because they know how to capitalize they know how to market stuff we just know we just we will just accept it you know once the west has accepted it yeah. and now everyone is talking about ashwagandha like you know it's the new thing in the market it's probably the oldest herb out there man <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and like yoga related to yoga power yoga advanced yoga beer yoga, beer yoga. My goat yoga like yeah. people are doing yoga on the goat and everything it's just silly <laughs> like as much as you know as much as the west knows how to capitalize on something they also know how to screw things up really bad mm. so, we lost it when yoga became a status symbol yeah well you just mentioned ekadashi keeping a fast on ekadashi so according to so, what i have read about ekadashi is that yes compared to other weekdays it is the easiest to fast on ekadashi yeah what are the benefits of fasting okay so the benefits of fasting man there are tons of benefits of it um so benefits of fasting are that you know it it controls your glucose level you know the blood glucose level um which basically uh, so you know when you're putting your uh, you know when you when you're eating food you know your life force or your prana shakti you know in in uh, ayurveda that you call prana shakti mm-hmm. that basically you know uh, basically it concentrates itself in your stomach because you know there is food and that needs to be worked on right yeah but when you but when you do a fast what happens is there is no food so then what that prana shakti uh, or that life force does is that it does a lot of healing which needs to be done you know so if there is any um, you know cells if there are any cells that need to be repaired it will do that if there are any um, you know pathogens that need to be killed in the body they, it will do that it will do a lot of a whole lot of other things you know it will it will basically fix your body it will it will clear out all the toxins from your um, you know body through your stool through your urine through your skin um and you know it will make you like more clear headed it will make you like it will give you a lot of glow on the face so you know people who want to look great i think they should fast you know once in like every 15 days or once a week you know and suddenly they will start seeing that you know uh, there is a glow on their face that's why you see all these monks you know glowing like a bulb glowing like sun man why do they do that because they are meditative all the time and because they fast they have a very like strict fasting uh, regimen mm-hmm. so that's one of the reasons for them yeah okay so we will move to the question part right now uh, some guys from yeah. twitter have asked you the question under our saint dudes podcast handle nishmit kon these questions are from prithvi let's take them one by one yeah. so the first question sure. is do you believe in the calorie counting method which is quite popular among coaches nowadays and why I mean sure I mean uh, see calorie counting method just makes everything easier you know when you want to like achieve some goals uh, like some health goals like you know if you want to um reduce some weight or if you want to gain some weight then you know how would you know how much to eat and you know how much to uh, you know avoid and what to avoid mm-hmm. your calories basically give you that you know um it can help you basically understand mathematically that you know if you eat this much um then you know you need to burn this much you know to to lose weight or you know if you want to gain weight then you know if you're burning let's say you know um 2000 calories a day then you know you need to eat like 2500 calories so that you end up gaining weight 
so you know it gives you a very clear idea as to what needs to be done to achieve your goals so i think i mean i mean i completely support it because it's it's a very useful and a very handy way of you know uh, achieving your goals so it's great for accountability yeah yeah it's absolutely great for accountability for sure all right great answer moving towards the next question again by prithvi thoughts on why people are negative and skeptic towards ayurveda nowadays okay so uh, very interesting question you know and uh, the thing is that you know people are very negative and skeptic towards ayurveda is because um you know a, like we have all been hardwired in the recent times for like you know um what do you call that instant gratification right yep. instant yep. solution for everything we want everything very quickly right and ayurveda is not that ayurveda is basically like preventive healthcare right and and when you want to take ayurveda you have to like deep down you know dig into the root cause of the problem because it will attack the root cause of the problem and it will finish it permanently right but then that takes time and we don't have time for that right and you know because a lot of people over the years have also you know adopted ayurveda and because of their impatience they do not really see the results for obvious reasons yeah. and they you know end up believing that you know it doesn't work mm-hmm. right but at the same time if you actually go as per ayurveda like there is no other better you know uh, system of medicine which is uh, you know as good as ayurveda allopathy is something which is good for you know when you have like an emergency you know for let's say you know if somebody has an accident and you know wants stitches on his head mm-hmm. that is like that is where the allopathy comes um, or let's say you know if you have a surgery to perform then you know that's where allopathy comes and but you know at the same time ayurveda has its own place so just like allopathy has its own place ayurveda also has its own place but it's just that you know we have to have our faith in that beliefs uh, in that uh, system of medicine that you know it has its own way of working it will not work as per your whims and fancies right yeah and also i feel that you know ayurveda will become very uh, important in india because now the west has already started uh, you know showing a lot of interest in it mm-hmm. so you give it another 5 years and you will see ayurveda booming i mean we already see a lot of companies who have come up you know with ayurvedic products earlier yeah. it was only just dabar mm-hmm. now we have patanjali and i don't know what not man you know with coming up with all the ayurveda creams and the foods and the nutrition and you know bodybuilding capsules <laughs> it has it has it is going to come up like very soon you know and you give it 5 years and you'll see it like you know what the yoga is right now so ayurveda is the next big thing ayurveda is the next big thing for sure right. just like you know me- just like meditation has been for the next uh, you know the the big thing for the last 2 years almost great answer yeah moving to the last question are you a vegetarian yes. slash non vegetarian and why let me guess you are a vegetarian I, I, <laughs> yes i am a i am a very strict vegetarian mm. uh, i in fact i don't even eat uh, onion and garlic i don't have chai and coffee oh that's um, great yeah so you know um i do not have it because uh, you know veggies are full of antioxidants um they are low in calorie you know you know compared to pork like if you if you compare like one serving of a non vegetarian food and if you compare that with like one serving of the vegetarian food then you will have like less number of calories um you know in the vegetarian food and that's like better for me i feel i mean it's 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 just like better for me also um you know because i am into spirituality so i my 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 faith does not allow me to uh, you know eat uh, non vegetarian food i mean forget about non vegetarian food my faith does not even allow me to eat, uh, eat onion and garlic because it kind of hinders the meditation process so yeah i mean um, that's the reason you know i don't eat uh, non vegetarian food and that's the reason i'm a vegetarian onion and garlic produce a lot of heat inside the body and they should be used only as medicine this is what i've learned yes this is exactly the truth mm-hmm. and onion and garlic are basically see everything in this world has its own nature right yeah so there is sattvic there is tamasic and there is uh, ratsic right yeah so you know all the vegetarian food is basically sattvic if you do not put onion and garlic in it because onion and garlic are are uh, tamasic food Mm-hmm. no i i think i think they're rajasic food they're rajasic food so you know when you eat sattvic food you basically you know your mind is under control you know but when you eat rajasic food 
when you uh, you generate a lot of passion inside your uh, you know your a lot of heat inside your head and you know you're not able to f- uh, meditate well and when you eat like tamasic food like um you know non veg darin or you know when you drink a lot when you do a lot of drugs or smoking um you know that's tamasic food for you so that's that's like that's not the best food for you excellent then i i would have wanted this yeah. episode to last for more two hours but unfortunately we have to wrap it up it was an absolute <laughs> honor to have you on the show and i really want you to come one more time for a part 2 of this episode for sure man thank you so much nishmeet and path of triumphs for having me on this lovely show man it was great talking to you guys great questions great conversation and you guys are really good host man you guys should continue this 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 show for like a really long time you should call like one of the like you know the interesting people that we see on twitter every day so yeah thank you so much for having me once again and thank you so much for this honor man it's it was great being here the honor is ours then thank you for giving us your time thank you so much you're welcome man have a great day bye bye and see you in the next episode